Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, today it's hard to imagine Memphis without the street ministries or the Memphis Athletic Ministries or Christ Community Health Services, but in 1987, these were all ideas that had not yet been realized. Today, these organizations and ministries are all over the city of Memphis, and they trace their roots in one way or another to the Memphis Leadership Foundation. Well, Larry Lloyd, President and Founder Ramsey Clark, Director of Development, are my guest today. You do not want to miss what's going on in Memphis next week. We're going to talk about it. It's called the Urban Summit 2019. You'll want to hear everything that these guys are going to say about it. It's a great program for our inner city. Also with me today, former basketball coach and now financial coach, Latrice McClain is here, and she's going to be discussing fundamentals of good money management And she will help us understand the issues of generational thinking about money. And you are going to be surprised if you're a parent and you have young people living in your home. You do not want to miss that part of the program. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark, Memphis Leadership Foundation, Latrice McClain, generational thinking about money. From our Did You Know files, the Federal Reserve statement following their January 30th meeting suggested to us and those that watch bond markets that their next interest rate may actually go down instead of up. And to look and see when that last happened, you'd have to go back to 1995. From our BTN group research, the Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, she's a Democrat from Massachusetts. She says she's proposing that in January, she did this in January, that a wealth tax of 2% for all households in excess of $50 million and a 3% household wealth tax in excess of $1 billion. So, you know, you do a little research. Jeff Bezos, who is the CEO of Amazon, he's the America's richest person, according to Forbes 400 list. Just think about it. His wealth tax annually, $4.77 billion. I'm trying to figure out if he'd actually miss it. But, you know, 3% of this number, that number, whatever. The Census Bureau says 40% of American homeowners, this is good, own their home free and clear of any debt, not without outsta- no outstanding mortgage or an existing home equity loan. And of the 60% of homeowners with debt, the median outstanding balance is only $126,000. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Like us on Facebook. We would appreciate it. Coming up, Larry Lloyd, Ramsey Clark, Memphis Leadership Foundation, and later on in the program, Latrice McClain, Generational Thinking About Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990. And FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services are affiliated with Memphis Leadership Foundation, Larry Lloyd, or Ramsey Clark. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
Well, welcome back to the program. It's been a uh, hectic morning. I, you know, I just want to start the program off. If you happen to be listening to this program by way of your phone or your car and you're driving, do me a favor. I counted 17 people when I came from the office into the studio this morning on their cell phone, either talking or texting. I just 17. Now, those 17, you probably, I hope, have made it to wherever you're going. But, I, you know, I just, uh, you know, I guess I'm a little frustrated, guys. It's just one of those things. My program today is one of great friends, and I appreciate what they do. Larry Lloyd, president of Memphis Leadership Foundation, and Ramsey Clark, director of development. Guys, thanks for being with us today. Great to be here. Thanks, Thank Jim. Jim. All right, I got a question for you. Did you text on the way in this morning? No, I don't text and drive. <laughs> I don't. Take, I barely talk and drive. <laughs> I, I barely. I don't take very many phone calls and drive. You're exactly right. But it's just it just got on me this morning. I got to watching it, and it, you know it's when those people pull from the red light and they're still texting and they're not going but two miles an hour. Right. <laughs> but it's a it's, it's a huge problem. It I is mean, a problem. It causes a lot of wrecks. It's terrible. Well, let me talk about this organization that you guys happen to be just about up to your neck in, totally completely involved. And Larry, you have been doing the Memphis Leadership Foundation. Foundation since when? When did you start? Well, I started in 1987, but uh, I've, you know, I'm sort of a social entrepreneur. I also started the Christian Community Foundation, and I was president of a college for a while, and then back at the Memphis Leadership Foundation. So, but we started the foundation in 1987. That's been your heart, though, isn't it? That's what your ministry is all about. That's right. What you do as far as what the city, uh, you've got such a long track record here, and so many people have worked with you in and around, you know, so many different ways. You've got 23 board members that kind of watch over you and help you, and also guide and great counsel for you. But it's one of those things. The Memphis Leadership Foundation is equipping and empowering grassroots urban leaders to transform lives and communities in Memphis. And I don't, we don't have time today in the program to go through all the different organizations and, and found, you know, what you've actually been an instrumental part. You have a leadership class that you teach. I mean, just basic leadership. Yeah, a couple of leadership classes, one on, on fundraising or transformational giving, we call it, and then one on nonprofit management and leadership. Yeah, we have Usually take about 15 uh, leaders in each of those every year, and it's a nine-month uh, program, uh, very intense, uh, and uh, we've been doing that for uh, the last uh, 10 years. 10 years, mm-hmm. wow. Well, I know from the programs at Memphis Leadership Foundation, you you operate. Walk through us exactly how MLF works with all the different programs. Well, uh, really what it is is when we came back to Memphis, uh, I remember – Chuck Colson, who started Prison Fellowship, when he was just getting off the ground, I was on Young Life Urban staff, and uh, one of his national board members uh, lived here in Memphis, and they had sort of a, a house party to introduce Chuck Colson and his uh, Prison Fellowship idea, and I was I was there and, and sort of leading worship with the piano and so forth, and I remember Chuck Colson saying that in every city, every community, God has his little platoons of people doing his work usually under-resourced, underfunded, but just doing good work on the streets. So what we do is we sought to find out who those platoon leaders were, and they were all over the city of Memphis, typically working two jobs, you know, a regular job, and then volunteering uh, the after-school programming for uh, children at risk or uh, helping uh, women get out of prostitution or building houses for, the, for those that were uh, in need of affordable housing. And what we did is come basically come alongside them, build their capacity, and create 
the kind of structure they needed. And now that, of course, has come neighborhood housing opportunities that Howard Eddings runs. And uh, we just finished our 550th home uh, streets ministry with Ken Bennett uh, in the uh, in the Foot and Claiborne Homes housing. He was doing that as a volunteer, and streets came out of that. And Memphis Athletic Ministries and Christ Community Health Services. So four young doctors who had a vision but uh, didn't know how to get it from zero to 50. And that's what we do. We come alongside with our uh, strategic planning and back office support and training in order to get ideas on, you know, basically to the market. It's it's basically venture capital on the nonprofit side. Yeah, but that's a tremendous ministry. I mean, this is so many times people can – God can lay a heart, something on their heart – and and they have this vision, but if uh, and usually and I look at it, God always supplies. I mean, He's as soon as they step. But you're that you're that counselor, that uh, confidant, that leadership expert that moves them from just an idea, right? To to get them actually actually started. There is something going on next week, and I want to talk about that. If you just tuned in, my guest is Larry Lloyd, president of Memphis Leadership Foundation, and Ramsey Clark, director of development. We're going to talk with, with Ramsey in a minute. Bottom line he's here you're going to have to listen you you need to know how to be a part of this ministry in your city if you care about your city this is a ministry that no question has an impact so Ramsey's is going to talk about how we can be a part of that and i'll give him that chance in a few minutes but let's talk about larry the reality behind what's going on with this urban summit 2019 now you had told me that you've been doing this since 2010 Correct. And I hate to admit it, I didn't know anything about it. Now, that's either my fault, I'll take some of it, or it's your fault, one or the other. (laughs) But the reality is, it's it's not new. Yeah, so ten years in 2010, we created, with the Memphis Center for Urban Theological Studies, MCUTS, which we also created out of the Memphis Leadership Foundation, and it's an undergraduate, graduate studies program for uh, urban pastors in Memphis. We decided that we wanted to, to work together to bring some of the best urban mind, urban ministry, nonprofit minds in the country uh, to Memphis to basically do some training, but also encourage uh, volunteers, business leaders, nonprofit executives. It's a day-long, used to be a day-long seminar, basically, and we would focus on econ- uh, criminal justice or education reform or youth development or affordable housing or refugee work. And uh, it was a way for us to bring hundreds of people with like mind together to, to foster collaboration and communication. So a lot of folks, a lot of times folks don't know what the other people are doing in the other communities. Mm-hmm. And this was a way to share ideas, but also to do some teaching and instruction. So this year, the Urban Summit is going to be held at Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church. Last year, it was at Claiborne Temple. And our focus the last two years has been on economic justice and equity, which, uh, you know, in in terms of er eradicating poverty in our city. Uh, This year, the Urban Summit is focusing on what um, social scientists call opportunity youth. And those are youth between the ages of 18 and 24, sometimes 30, who are out of school and out of work. There are 45,000 young adults in Memphis that are not working and not in school. Say that number again. 45,000. According to the statistics from a couple organizations that we work with. So on February 22nd in the evening from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, we have some plenary speakers. Uh, we're going to be kicked off by Pastor Stace, Dr. Stacy Spencer, uh, pastor of New Direction uh, uh, Christian Church. We'll have some other, we're going to have young adults on video that will discuss the barriers that they are facing to economic uh, empowerment. 
uh, and education. Uh, we'll have videos of actual opportunity youth. And then we're going to hear from some nonprofit leaders and business leaders who have uh, begun to employ and figure out how to uh, empower this particular uh, demographic in our city toward economic uh, equity and economic empowerment. And then on Saturday, we start again at 830 at Mississippi Boulevard. Uh, and that's going to be an exciting day. We're going to be kicked off uh, with Earl Fisher. Dr. Earl Fisher will give us our plenary session. We'll have workshops. But the two most, three exciting things. We're going to have a pitch contest. These, are this, these will be young entrepreneurs that are starting their own business. Eat the first 200 that, uh, that register on Saturday morning will get a $25 Kiva gift card to make a loan to the pitch, uh, the particular pitch that they like the best. Uh, last year, we loaned over $15,000 wow. to local entrepreneurs that were starting their own, and these would be all be minority, minority-owned businesses who are starting their own business. And then we have a pitch contest with young adults who have a social innovation idea, and we'll also be able to make them alone. So now these are kids. <clears throat> these are young people, young right? pe- Between the 18, 18 and 24. Uh, young adults. Young adults. Now, can you give me an idea of what one of their pitches might be? What would they be coming out of? For our listening audience, just kind of get a visual of that. Well, last year, uh, one of the young people that made a pitch was starting uh, piano and uh, piano and voice lessons for young people in the Hickory Hill area uh, with an actual studio. Um, and uh, he uh, was an accomplished musician and wanted to provide this sort of activity uh, and training for young people that don't have that opportunity at a cost that they could afford. So that was his business. And he was able to receive some funding to get that started. <clears throat> um, a popcorn business. Uh, mm. A lot of, uh, for instance, last year, uh, or uh, uh, I tell you, uh, what's the, uh, the uh, Taste of Tea? Is that the organization? Uh, yeah, well, that, uh, that's with... Uh, Carrie Moore? Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. They, they pitch, uh, one of her people pitched that kind. Right. I, I made a loan there yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to the tea company, and they're off and running uh, and employing people in Orange Mound uh, that uh, uh, package and sell uh, tea and tea sets across the city. It's become quite... Uh, and you could get their products at a lot of supermarkets. Right, right. Uh, so it's that sort of thing, employing folks in the Orange Mound community. Um, and then uh, we'll have an urban market uh, where we, we have actually now 10 vendors that are minority-owned businesses that have started, uh, incubated uh, over the last few years. We'll be selling their uh, products uh, at the at the urban market, and our food's provided uh, by the Global Cafe, which is in the Crosstown. It's yeah. all refugee-made yeah. uh, food. So yeah. the food, so everything it revolves around uh, economic development, particularly in urban communities. And this is all based on, it's a faith-based mentality where, where God's glorified in this whole thing that you're doing this, and you're moving people in the direction. You know, when I think about this, Ramsey, from your chair as the director of development, I mean, you got you got a ministry here that's uh, obviously very successful, doing a great job. When you talk to people about how to bring money to it, what's the biggest blessing that you have with that when you're sharing with people? Yeah, uh, Jim, I would say, uh, uh, fortunately, I uh, I personally have uh, invested in the inner city through coaching and mentoring and volunteering. So uh, the biggest blessing to me is that I'm able to speak to individuals and businesses and groups with conviction. Mm. I'm often asked, you know, it's a 
big systemic problem, Ramsey. Can we make a difference? And you know, when I'm able to say, you know, it's all about investing in lives. Mm. And can we make a difference? Yes, we can. So uh, there's such a need for mentors and coaches and volunteers just to believe in these kids. And uh, that investment works two ways. The kids benefit and, and the uh, individual investing benefits as yeah, well. No question about that. I know one of the organizations that we have very work very close to is Angel Street, which you've ministered, you know, to her and and, and mentored her, uh, Jill Dyson. And of course, I mean, you're right when you talk about, you know, uh, we I I just get a blessing every time I spend time with those kids and watch them. And uh, so you're right. It's it's going back into your city into an area that you need, and which that's the blessing. I, I can see that. And I think, you know, right, you're right, Ramsey, when you think about it. When you've been in there bumping shoulders and doing it, it's easy to talk about it. it that's is. the part that's good. It is. Let me yes. give you a telephone number. If you'd like to talk to these guys and would like to just, um, you know, have a chance to spend some time with them or ask them questions, 729-2931, it's where area code 901, 729-2931, or you can just simply, if you'd like to talk to Larry, go to Larry at MLFonline.org, or to Ramsey is Ramsey at MLFonline.org. We'll keep that here in the studio if you call, or you can call me personally, and I'll be glad to give that. There's a breakout workshop that's going to be going on on Saturday. And uh, can you go through those with me and, and you know, just kind of help me out with some of those? Because they they look like, I mean, anybody would want to go to that kind of workshop. Yeah, so the breakout workshops from schools to careers, tackling poverty through adult education. Adult education, as you know, it's not just GED. There's actually a program through the Goodwill where you can get your actual high school diploma if you never got it. Uh, the push for policies, fixing broken systems. Uh, the business case, innovation and employment. Uh, we'll have some business leaders there that have tackled uh, uh, the issues of hiring ex-offenders that are reentering, as well as young adults who uh, who are looking for an opportunity. Uh, the church is calling our our role, the church's role in economic justice. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say t- about economic justice, going all the way back to the Deuteronomic Code. Uh, where uh, that Moses uh, laid out that uh, in terms of the year of Jubilee, mm-hmm. uh, sabbatical years where mm-hmm. loans were forgiven, where land went back to the original owner so that no, you know, uh, God said, told, told Moses, there, Moses, there should be no poor among you. Mm-hmm. But he understand the way we are. He then put together legislative uh, legislative action so there would be no poor among the Israelites. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out the way he well, had called humans. Dictated. We don't That's right. Follow God's <laughs> uh, and then the, the last workshop is more than mentorship, how to be allies with young adults, uh, working alongside. You know, this idea of mentorship, uh, you can't, uh, you can't underestimate the value of a young adult uh, struggling, uh, being uh, uh uh, partnered with a older adult that has sort of figured it out. Yeah, that's uh, that's just mentoring, discipling. That's just basic one-on-one biblical, you know, principles that we should all be doing. Is how can we pour our lives back into someone? Uh, there's a song out by uh, I, I love it. It's um, uh, just Jesus. It's talked about. It says we don't need to leave a legacy. We just talk about Jesus. And uh, the bottom line is, it uh, we all think, well, what did I do? What did I do? At the end of the day. It's what did you do for others, and that's that's really what you're doing here with that. I want to take a break. When we come back, though, I want to talk about a new new 
ministry that you've started called Restore Care. Is that right? Uh, Restore, Restore, Core. Restore Core. Again, we we incubated. Uh, it was already started by Rachel Haga, but came along. We come alongside to help get it to the next level. We'll talk about. I that. I want to talk about specifically about that. If you just tuned in, my guest today, Larry Lloyd, President of Memphis Leadership Foundation, Ramsey Clark, Director of Development. If you'd like to talk to them, call them at 901-729-2931. That again, 901-729-2931. Ramsey Clark, Director of Development, and of course, Larry Lloyd, President, Founder of Memphis Leadership Foundation. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Security and Financial Services are affiliated with Memphis Leadership Foundation, Larry Lloyd, or Ramsey Clark. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we're talking with Ramsey Clark and uh, Larry Lloyd, and we just mentioned before the break a, a, a program, a ministry called Restore Core. Rachel Haga has put that together, and Larry has come alongside her and that ministry and uh, helped them, guided them. And Larry, just talk about that right now, because to me, this is an epidemic in our society today, but it really affects Mid-South, it affects Memphis, uh, and it is uh, it is disturbing for anybody to talk about it. And it's, it is one of those ministries that we just need to make sure it's, it's on our minds. Yeah, so Rachel has a passion for uh, helping young people, particularly young girls, uh, escape sex trafficking. Huge problem in Tennessee, in West Tennessee. Uh, it's, uh, it's on the forefront of Governor Lee's uh, concern, uh, our new governor. Um, but what uh, Restore Corps does, what Rachel does, is basically she's the, we're the, she's the point of contact for West Tennessee with the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. So when sex trafficking is, um, uh, when there's a possibility of that, she's called uh, along with police or TBI and, and then rescuing these girls that have been caught up into that. Uh, and then, uh, re- and of course, the idea is to restore them back to family or back to a, a different way of living. Uh, through uh, the gospel as well through social services, so it's an incredible ministry. Rachel has an incredible work, um, but uh, it is a it, it's the underside of our society. Uh, these men that are uh, trapping and trapping these girls, uh, almost and getting them strung out on drugs and so forth, and then prostituting them on the streets. So, uh, Ramsey, what can you add to that? Yeah, I would say that uh, because it's often. Uh, swept under the rug, people will ask, uh, I mean, how how big a problem is it? Well, nationally, it's epidemic. Uh, Locally, Tennessee is second only to Louisiana in the number of human trafficking cases. So it's huge. It's huge both for uh, the Mid-South and it's huge nationally. So uh, the work Rachel and her team do is heroic. They're on 24-7 with the FBI, the TBI, and uh, if they're called at 2 a.m. in the morning, they go and they stay with those girls uh, till however long it takes to get them in a safe place. And uh, it, it's an incredible uh, ministry, and, and we're proud to have them under our umbrella. You know, you mentioned too, Larry, and I and I guess Ramsey, this is kind of what I want to lead in with you. Larry mentioned you have two safe houses now. That's right, and and that's uh, I think the reality is is 
you're looking to build others, and, and those are just that's just part of the overall. There's so many things you've got going on that you know if we could just completely eliminate the need for money, just boom, <laughs> all of a sudden it was done. I know we could spend the rest of the day talking about all the programs that could be done. Yeah, so uh, there's two safe houses uh, that we rent. We don't build them, of course, and we need more. Uh, if the uh, if the young person that's being rescued is a juvenile under 18, then they, of course, we can't house them. They go to Department of Human Services. Uh, and But uh, those that are over 18 and, and want to be rescued and want to be in the safe house, they can live in the safe house, and, and of course, we don't never give out the address. Uh, and this uh, hopefully protects them from the pimps and from the people that traffic them. Hopefully, we can uh, get, you know get the the, the the perpetrators in jail or uh, off the streets. And then the idea is rebuild their lives. Uh, there's drug drug uh, addiction involved, um, slow self esteem, being trafficked. You can imagine the the psyche uh, of a young woman and most of these are girls although we I don't know if we've had any boys we've uh, yet that we have rescued or she has rescued but the staff is incredible uh, but it's a it's a caseworker mentality where you just have to come alongside and begin to listen and begin to help through the gospel through uh, prayer. Uh, through support, through mentoring, to help these young people now repair, restore their lives. Ramsey, Memphis Leadership Foundation, how does somebody who's listening today say, hey, I want to get involved, I want to put some money into it, I want my talk and walk to match, so tell me how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They can reach out to me. Uh, My number is 901-412-5200, Ramsey, R-A-M-S-A-Y, at M-L-F online.org. And all of that contact information is on our uh, website at uh, www.mlfonline.org. Okay. People need to be aware that's Ramsey Clark, 412-5200. That's it. 412-5200 if you want to talk specifically to Ramsey about how you can be an instrumental part of, of what's going on with Memphis Leadership Foundation. Friday, the 22nd, at 6 until 9 p.m., and then Friday, the 23rd, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., Mississippi Boulevard Church. It's called Urban Summit 2019. And you can register. That We have our own website. It's called Urban Summit 2019 or Facebook. You can get your tickets there. We do have limited space uh, and we're quickly selling out. So uh, you can get your ticket um, just by going online and using your credit card on PayPal. Okay. The ticket cost is? Uh, $39. And <laughs> I, I like asking a question when I get him out. I'm not oh, sure. I think it's $39. <laughs> but the closer we get to it, it's more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. And, that, and that, that that takes care of Friday night and your lunch and, lunch and, and donuts and, donuts and donuts coffee and, All right. provided by the Global Cafe on Saturday morning. That's Urban Summit 2019. That's next Friday, the 22nd, from 6 until 9. And then Friday, February, that's February the 23rd, 22nd and the 23rd. Then that's Saturday morning at 9 a.m. 
to 2 a.m. at Mississippi Boulevard Church. We already know that some people are going to make sure their pastors and other leaders of their churches are there. We appreciate you guys being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank Great. you so much. Thanks, Jim. You've been listening, of course, to Talk Money. My guests were, they, these guys are phenomenal. They've been here before. We'll have them on again. It's Larry Lloyd, President of Memphis Leadership Foundation, and Ramsey Clark, Director of Development of Memphis Leadership Foundation. They're having an impact. You need to find out more about them. Telephone number for Ramsey Clark, 412-5200. 412-5200. That's area code 901. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. When Nazi Germany achieved a surprise victory over France in 1940, an alarmed President Roosevelt immediately began expanding national defense industries at a breathtaking rate, which greatly altered the face of the Mid-South. Within a year, two major defense industries were operating in Shelby County. Memphis became the U.S. 2nd Army Headquarters, where training for the half-million soldiers stationed in Tennessee was conducted. The nation's only inland naval base was established in Millington. Workers were hired wherever they could be found, and local factories were retooled for wartime production. During the war, the Ford plant was used to make airplane engines, Quaker Oats manufactured synthetic rubber, and Firestone produced rubber life rafts. Of the 40,000 men and women from Shelby County who served in our armed forces during World War II, 662 were either killed or missing in action. Among those who served, African Americans from the Mid-South fought with exceptional bravery and honor and contributed in countless ways to the defeat of Germany and Japan. One African American from Memphis who served with distinction was Captain Luke Weathers, who flew with the famed Tuskegee Airmen and shot down seven enemy planes. Weathers once said of Memphis before he died that this is a city that has its feet in the Mississippi, its souls in the churches, and its minds up in the blue sky with God. This has been another Mid-South History Moment. Brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McLinn is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, my second half of the program, generational thinking about finance. My guest is Latrice McLean. And uh, Latrice, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here, Jim. You know, Latrice, there's so much thing. We, I want to talk about this before I get into asking you some questions. But, you know, you told me, and I appreciate you doing this, that we have four different generations. And I understand baby boomers, Generation X, millennials. And now you're talking about a Generation Z. Yes. I mean, we're just going on and on. <laughs> And these four generations, they're all connected somehow. You've got one may be the parent of a Generation Xer or the grandparent of a millennial or even the grandparent of a Generation Zer. <laughs> all four think differently about money. They all communicate different. They Some are technology gurus, some are not. <laughs> but all about finance, retirement, and saving money. Somehow they seem to find a thread in there. It's different. It's unique. But they can, they can carry on a conversation. I was surprised from your research. 
Yes, and, and I was really excited doing the research, um, even talking about just communicating, communicating, just think about it. One person may say, hey, I want to write a note uh, or do I send an email or do I send a text message? Yeah, <laughs> a note. I mean, I mean it's a decision <laughs> yes. of exactly what we got to do. But now I found out, as you were telling me in preparing for the program, that millennials love dealing with finances. I, I I just didn't get that. Can you believe that? Well, I was shocked. I'll be honest with you. I, I was shocked, too. That's why I said I really enjoy doing this research. But they do, and surprisingly, they love to have face-to-face communication with a financial professional. Well, do they trust that face-to-face? I mean, is that something, is that a, is that something that's normal, or is that, uh, did you find, what did you find? Okay, this is what was really shocking to me, is that a millennial uh, would prefer to trust a, and talk to a financial professional before they listen to their parent. Can you believe that? I can see that. <laughs> I can. My kids would have done that I mean, in a heartbeat. But I think you know, are are they are they is engaged? Baby boomers have to be the ones that are most engaged. Am I correct yes, with that? They are, and they're also the ones that will pay for that uh, financial professional uh, that to give sense. them advice and to help them with what they need. So let me ask you this, as we go through this four generations, baby boomers, Generation X, millennials, and the Generation Z. Now, the Generation Z, we know, is the one below that. They're still in school. Yes. We've, you've actually done a program about how you're working through and teaching some things uh-huh. that they want to talk about, you know, just basic good money management. We'll have you back on and do that again sometime. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if you're finding out that most millennials, are they investing now or not? Well, to be honest, they're not thinking about investing now. And you have to think about this, too. They're the generation. Everybody goes to college. So there is a lot of student debt Mm, that they're having to pay for and take care of. So they're not thinking as much about investing. But when they do think about it, they're thinking about, hey, I want to grow my wealth. So that's a little different from the other generation. Are they saving money? I mean, is this? So this is another shocker. They are saving twice as much as the baby boomers. So they're on track to actually have be richer than uh, their parents, who are uh, some of them are older generation Xers. Now, you actually told me when we were thinking about this program that the amount of research and you did an enormous amount of research. Yes. That statistic that just blew me away. I remember you shared that with me. You said that came from Business Insider. Is that, yes. It now, did. that's a magazine that everybody knows about. I mean, that's uh-huh. a that's a that's a legitimate. So they didn't just throw some little statistic out. They were no. actually finding out that they the millennials are saving more. I can see yeah. that, though, because we may have gotten to a point that baby boomers are spending money now uh-huh. at this retirement stage. They've and already done all their saving. You're right. And this is surprising to me, too. They're, the millennials are actually cutting out on going on vacations, dining out. So I guess they're cooking more. So, <laughs> Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you actually found out, too, that as you go through this, baby boomers say they're Investing for retirement if yes. they're investing. I get that. Now, what are the Generation Xers and the Millennials saving for? So Generation Xers are saying, hey, I'm also preparing for retirement, but I'm also preparing and getting my uh, children ready to get into college. College. I get that. Uh huh. And then Millennials, like I said earlier, they're talking about, I want to grow my wealth. 
Do they feel the pressure, in your opinion? You do a lot of counseling with these people. And if you'd like mm-hmm. to talk to Latrice, her telephone number, if you'd like to her to present to you as you've got an organization, yes. just give her a call, 757-5757. She could do that. But but I'm just asking this question. Do you find that millennials, when you talk about growing their wealth, are they competing with their parents? Are they trying to be ahead of their parents? They're going to, be the, they're going to receive more wealth than any other generation's ever yes. received. Is that kind of what they're thinking? They want to get to that point, or is what's what's going on? I think so. I think that is a good point, and I also think that this is a generation that has 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 had more access to information about finance, whether it's through the websites, whether it's through social media or the radio, whatever it is. They've had a little bit more access than the other generations talking about finance. All right, here we are. I want to kind of in the time we have remaining talk about kind of I want to start with retirement mm. and and kind of cuz I know that if, I've always said this on the program that if I walk up to a 60-year-old and want to talk about retirement, I've got a conversation. Yes. I've always thought that if I walked up to a millennial, if I walked up to Greg right now and said, "Hey, we want to talk about uh, retirement." I get a glazed overlook. Now, if y'all don't know who Greg is, he's running our board and doing the production of the program. He could cut my mic off at any time. He would do that. He would do <laughs> that. But the reality is, it's a generational thing where I've always thought that the millennial just wasn't concerned. They wouldn't even talk to me about it. But you're mm-hmm. not saying that. Walk us through some of these things here that you're saying. The first thing being, I think you said, paying off debt. Yes. And that is actually the biggest concern for them. With the other two generations, with Generation Xers and with Baby Boomers, they're worried about outliving their savings and the retirement they've set aside for retirement. So that that's a big, um, big issue for them. So if you're talking about, I, I get that. I, I fully, fully, completely understand what you're saying. So if we're going to save money, as you said, and getting out of debt is critical, then what's their mindset when you go through this process of paying off debt? Um, are they are they really sincere about this mindset of investing or what's their struggle? So their struggle is, I think, really just trying to figure it out, which is why, okay. That's everybody's struggle, isn't it? It is. You're exactly right, which is probably why, hey, let me go. I'll trust a financial professional before I would trust talking to my parents about, okay, how do I pay off my debt and grow my wealth? Mm. And while I'm staying on a budget, because remember, they're the ones that are cutting down on vacationing and dining out and probably even shopping. You mentioned, too, that there was this idea behind people that are putting money into their 401k and pulling money out. Uh, Did you find that to be different uh, with different generations? You know what? And and I see that more and more as I I talk to people. But 30 percent of of people, professionals have pulled uh, pulled withdrawn money out of their 401k or taken a loan out. And mo- the biggest generation that's done this is Generation X. Oh, okay. So that means we're just, we're all taking, uh, and I can see that it's not good, but they, I guess they're thinking they could catch up yes. if they pay it back. And that's inc- incredibly important, very important. It is. They need to do that. What about personality traits? Uh, mm. the, I, you know, I, I kind of know you mentioned this to me. And I and I thought, well, I, how am I going to ask her this? Because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm the chief of this. But but procrastination. What's the, what's the biggest problem there? The the biggest problem is, uh, and we mentioned it with just with the uh, generation, the millennial generation is okay. I have plenty of time. I'm young. I don't have to worry about thinking about retirement right now because I'm worried about these student loans that I have to pay off. Because mm-hmm. think about it, that is their biggest debt that they have to take care of. Um, 
Then with the other generations, uh, especially uh, the, the baby boomers and the uh, Generation Xers, it's okay, retirement is, is in the near future, so I need to think about putting enough money away so I don't outlive my retirement when I do retire. Wow, that's so, so critical. So we got a couple of more questions when we were thinking about this whole idea about retirement investing. Well, Generation Xers, you are the ones that say, we'll do it. Millennials, we'll do it, but we're going to do it when we get closer to it. And she's going to talk to you about what to do about that and how not to be so much of a procrastinator when we come back. If you just tuned in, my guest is Latrice McClinn, and she is talking about generational thinking about money. We're also going to talk about the best advice. Each generation, what, what's the best advice for each generation? She's going to walk us through some of those things about attitudes of money. Ha! You'll be surprised. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to... Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. While you just tuned in, my guest is Latrice McLean. We're talking about generational thinking about finance. Now, we have discovered that millennials are actually doing pretty good amount of thinking about it. They're actually spending some time. They they want to grow their wealth. Generation Xers, well, they're investing for their kids' education and retirement. And, of course, us baby boomers, we're the ones that are so involved in looking at retirement and making sure we're on top track. You know, Latrice, now Latrice used to be a basketball coach. If this was television, you could tell why. You know, she's a tall lady and a very good basketball player. Can I? Should I mention the team you play? I don't want to do that. I mean, sure, you should. Oh. <laughs> What's it in Florida? Florida? What in the university? No, Florida, Florida, Florida State. Florida State. Yes, a big basketball player for Florida State. And now I look at. I call her the coach, the the basketball coach. She coached for years, and we're pleased to have her in the office as the financial coach. And literally, Latrice, you talk about Generation Xers that literally they are confident. And uh, they're, they've got this working amount on this idea of thinking about they're in charge of what they're doing. So I'm pretty impressed with that. But now the millennials, as you go back and they're procrastinating, but they, at the same time, all generations are procrastinating. Yes, all generations are procrastinating because they feel it's, you know, I just have enough time to uh, save money. And sometimes they'll change the amount of money, the goal that they have that they want to save. And, and one thing with um, with me coaching mm-hmm. people through that, whatever generation you are, is always, you know, sticking to the fundamentals and just the basics of what you need Having some type of a, a plan, a strategy that yes. says, this is what I'm going to do, whether it's to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of us get emotionally involved and we just, you know, when things not going just right and, you know, you just don't stick to the plan. That's a good point from that standpoint. Yeah. And then you have to look at the whole picture. Like, of course, you know, you see that big problem of student loan debt, but that you got you have to look at the entire picture to see, OK, how can all of this work together so I can reach my goal and cut down on my student loan debt at the same time? 
If you had to give a piece of advice for millennials, Gen Xers, or any of that from that standpoint, what would be two things that you might could say that would be kind of a thought process there? Well, with millennials, uh, because you have access to so much now through whether it's the Internet or uh, social media, uh, seek some financial education, and, and that will help you get started with just the basics. You've talked about that before in another program that we did a couple of months ago, where education, and you're educating people today. You're teaching, yes. you're teaching at some of the universities here in the city. You've talked at other universities nationwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are a financial coach. You're spending a lot of energy doing that. Yes, I do. And, and Jim, it's the same thing that I talk about to every group, whatever age group, if they're college age, if they're professionals, it's the same thing. There are basic fundamentals that you have to stick to um, just to get going and, and then build off of that to get mm-hmm. going and have a strong financial um, whatever it is you're trying to do. Your so if, you're, if you've got a clear, identifying the goal is sometimes what I think is one of the most difficult things to do. It, it is. The, it is the most difficult thing to do. But when you do identify that goal, you have something to take steps toward. And then just if you choose to work with a financial professional, uh, you, they can walk alongside you to help you reach that goal. That is always the key. Always. Is getting somebody to mentor. Even Larry Lord and Ramsey talked about the mentoring program. Are there any other advice that you would give someone as far as this baby boomer, the Generation Xers, Zers, all these generations? Yeah, so with, with the Generation Xers, because a lot of them have, uh, they, they had a, a bigger window to participate in their employer's 401k. Do that. And if you need help with understanding it and, and seeing what you need to do, Seek that financial professional help. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure uh, baby boomers will say this, you know, just control your, your spending and seek some resources so you can have a healthy uh, uh, finance. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that I know we tell a lot of people today is the reality is that people are living longer. Yes. And there's no way around that. They just have to think about that. So mm-hmm. for the Generation Xers, the baby boomers investing for retirement, Generation Xers, kids in education and retirement, millennials grow their wealth. They're really thinking about it. They're not procrastinating. That's a positive thing. That's yeah. always good from that standpoint. So summarize for me, Coach. Well, just the whole summary, and, and I've said this before, Jim, you have to stick to the fundamentals of finance. I don't think that's ever going to change for anyone. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter where you start. You have to stick to the fundamentals of finance, which, you know, we think about the savings, the savings, uh, they're geared towards the goal of retirement eventually. I know we all want to retire one day, right? Yeah, that's someday. <laughs> one yeah, day. Someday. And and then just, um, you know, creating that budget and, and, and getting and staying out of debt. And that sounds so easy to do. Sounds so easy to do, but you well, have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. Well, Coach, Financial Coach Latrice <laughs> McLean, just give her a call at 757-5757. You've been listening, of course, to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guest earlier in the program, Dr. Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark from the Leadership Foundation. Don't forget, they have Urban Summit coming up next week at Mississippi Boulevard Church. Latrice McLean, she's been talking about generational thinking about money. 
you would like to talk to her that's personally, you can reach her at 901-757-5757. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. As always, thanks for listening. And if you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcasts or past programs, go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. I would appreciate it. This is Talk Money, and I'm Jim Shoemaker. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McLean is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.